This is the Outback Way podcast, proudly sponsored by our HEMA Guidebook and Atlas. Welcome to the Outback Way podcast. I am Helen Lewis. Buckle up as we take you on Australia's longest shortcut, a journey through the heart of Australia. Welcome to the Outback Way podcast. In the next couple of episodes, we'll be covering the economic value of the Outback Way. Today, we talk with Rick Britton, who is a pastoralist, grazier, beef producer at Bullia. And he actually outlines some of the aspects of the value of a sealed road for his business. And coming up, we'll have Curtin Springs talking about the tourism development of their business over the last 60 years. I hope you enjoy these episodes and it gives you another another side, another angle of the Outback Way and the value to the Australian economy, local economies and local people and also the value of this, this entire journey through the heart of Australia. Thanks very much. We look forward to having your company. Welcome to the Outback Way podcast. Thank you very much for joining us today. And today it gives me great pleasure in welcoming Rick Britton, a pastoralist and grazier farmer from uh, Bullia, uh, and also happens to be the mayor of Bullia as well. But um, today we're going to be talking about uh, the economics of a sealed road and the value to the pastoral industry in Western Queensland, but also more generally. So welcome, Rick. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Thank you, Helen. Excellent. Um, So, Rick, I I guess, you know, it's really interesting, I think, for people to understand a little bit more about the day in the life of a pastoralist or grazier uh, in uh, in fairly remote circumstances in, well, in Western Queensland for you at Bullia, but um, in generally um, everywhere. So would you like to just run us through, like, you know, I guess you have your, your busy seasons, but what, what sort of infrastructure do you have to have? What, what kind of, how much time does it take to actually move stock and, you know, and how many numbers you run? And I just think it's really interesting for people to understand a little bit more about the operation. Yeah, well, thanks, Helen. And I, yeah, it's interesting and intriguing. Um, it's only since we've sort of ourselves have used social media um, through Facebook and, and Twitter and that that, you know, makes you realise that we need to tell our story of, you know, what it is like in the day in the life of here. We run a, it's a family beef enterprise. I'm actually a fifth generation in the Bully area, but we've only been sort of in the industry as a owner operator since probably 73, 74 yep. uh, with, with something that dad started. Um, myself and my brother, we're all in partnership with dad and then we've gone out on our own ways now. We go for standalone operations. Day to life is probably daylight till dark, probably 24-7 and Depending on the seasons, um, you know, how many stock you run, we can vary from, well, I think the least we've ever had is 1,500 up to 6,000. 6, yeah, well. Is our op- so it's, um, we're in the heart of the Channel Country. Um, mm. You know, we ride in there between the Georgina and the Diamantina River systems. There's a lot of other systems that flow out from the north that, you know, the Burke and Wills from the ex- famous explorers. Yeah, but a beautiful uh, part we, of the world, a beautiful part of the world. It is, and I think um, previous Mayor of Booyah, um, Ronnie McGlinchey, has, yeah, he's probably stated the best. There's nothing to see out here, but you've actually got to come to see to believe it. Um, big <laughs> open country, you know, big skies, big you know, sky. beautiful moonrise, full moons, you know, and people can't believe that when there's a full moon, then you, you don't need a torch to walk around. You can actually see on the ground. That's And the, that's and the mid-min t- light. And our mystery minimum light, because of our vast, flat Mitchell grass downs, yeah. um, I think it has a lot to do with it. So, But, yeah, it's 
we just we have you know we employ two or three people um, we have a sole um, operation we breed and then all those progeny then go on to into um, a processing plant so we've got the whole right from woe to go to go through you know limit our transport uh, the only time bit, most of our animals are on a truck when they're actually going to a sale yard at a finished product we all natural fattening we have now got branched out into an organic side of it and as the whole lake air basin is probably organic by default yeah naturally mm. so, yeah sure oh that's yeah, excellent so. that's great and so moving on to the i guess the outback way and and the fact that it, it does uh, go past your place and uh and just generally um I guess, you know, you've made comments previously about the value of a bitumen road and, and how that, you know, when you're trucking cattle and you're trucking that sort of number of cattle at any given time, what's what the value to you or the change of when that do- the road was dirt compared to when it was sealed and has it been se- since it's been sealed and the cost savings for you um, as a business? Well, it's probably um, the the whole right through to, well, to give you an example, the 370 kilometres between Bouy and Winton, mm. um, back in the early 90s, there was 78 kilometres that was still dirt road, just a gravel road network. Um, our bullocks, um, processed bullocks, anywhere from 580 to 600 kilos, used to lose 10% of their gross body weight. Yeah, well. from Just from that, we'd put them on the train. So what we had to do then, because we sell on a weight and grade system, um, our bullocks, we had to weigh them and they go over 580 we could put it on the truck because then they'd grade to that to the maximum. Now that they've sealed, we don't lose that 10%. We can bring those bullocks now back to 540, 560 kg. So we can produce more cattle. Yeah. They're cutting better. Um, so the yield would be better. They're yielding better. And uh, the health of that animal there, the well-being of that animal is now is you know, improved 100% because they're not yeah, sure. you know, on dust and irrigation sure. and stuff Understood. like that. So it's a whole, yeah. And then you've got the business of the of the operator. Um, his running costs are probably, he's not doing as many tyres. So it's a whole economic benefit to have a sealed access road. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And so then you've um, found that uh, there's some opportunities, I guess, because we're linking from Western Australia through to Queensland and, there's a lot of uh, family operations in the Territory that have got country in uh, Western Queensland just to geographically advantage themselves. What's the, the benefit to Bullia that's being developed within the Bullia Shire for that, I guess, that the parcel industry uh, for Northern Territory and into Queensland? Well, as you, like we've gone and, and had our, we have a race course reserve out here where we hold all our annual events, the Bullia Camel Race, the Melbourne Cup of Racing. Yeah. Um, we have a big weekend we have all those there's a whole camp draft rodeo arena racetrack massive complex you know and it is the heart of Bouya with social with our social calendar um that's where all the events are held so what we've done we've gone now and and because of the trades that's going on now as you said there's territory properties out there and they've actually bought country inside Queensland and vice versa people who are Queensland country have gone out there to purchase yeah, sure. Northern territory because they see the opportunity Territory is such big, big areas they can breed, they can carry breeders, yep. and so what that does it complements Queensland because of their smaller blocks of land, and they can run more dry cattle, mm-hmm. so they can bring all those younger cattle back into Queensland, and that creates jobs, and for both both the territory and Queensland, it's not just two way because say, ten years ago a truck leaving going west towards the territory 
was empty, where now we're finding that those trucks are full yeah, right. either way. They're taking replacement breeders back yeah, out, bringing younger steers back in. They're bringing their heifers back in to let them grow out on the good country, then taking them back. So there's a lot of opportunities there. And I think, so what we've done, we've turned now that race course reserve into our spelling facility. Yep. And we've taken it to the next step, not just a spelling facility, we've turned it into an organic so we can handle organic and Excellent. non-organic cattle. It's in that center point. Other Springs is an organic side yard and Blackhall in the heart of Queensland is. So we complement, we're right in the middle. Yeah, Ideal really good. That creates another job for another family in Booyah once that yep. spelling facility gets up and running. That's right. And one family in Booyah, you know, people often in urban areas don't understand, but that one person actually is, is what one family is, is, you know, that $300 a week into the, the local shop and it's the kids in the school and it's more community activity and, you know, just more community support. So one family makes quite a large difference in a, in a community of two to 300 people. Yeah, it does. And, I mean, if, you know, the bean pounds like the, that, five people coming into Shire, well, you know, what's the difference? But when that's 10% of your population, yeah, that's right. you, know, you add in 10% of people in, into Brisbane in, in a week, you know, that's masses of numbers. So that's, that's what it does. It just creates security. Mm. It just gives more people to volunteer for ambulances and those sorts of things. And that's it right. just, it's, there's a whole domino effect in the positives. Yeah, that's right. And it just adds more diversity, you know, and, and interest into the community. And I think that's, that's what the point is. And the fact that the servicing of that service, that spelling facility will have for that really strengthening that link between the Territory and the Queensland cattle industry is, is actually very significant. I mean, that's, that's going to make transporting and animal welfare um, a whole heap easier uh, to manage uh, with, that, with, that, with that facility. And it is, and you've only got to see what the Barclay Highway has done for the Barclay country, you know, yeah. north to of Camelwell, Tanner Creek. You know, Alice Springs has sort of been there, sitting there waiting for that road to come mm. across here and mm. see it going all the way to Tanner Creek and then through to Mount Isa. Yeah. If they could come across here, I could see us trading with steers, with cattle in the, the outback of, of Western Australia because the transport industry has gone down in highs and you know, high now that, you know, we've, for the first time, I think last year we actually bought steers out of the Territory. I know yep. there's been a number of producers around Booyah here that have actually went to the Alice Springs cattle sale. Yep. So all that's done is made those producers around Alice Springs another person bidding on there. So it could mean 10 or 50 dollars per And as you said, you know, if we can improve that Western Australian link because there's interest in Central Australian cattle in Western Australia and they've, they're really great cattle for for the needs for the Western Australian feedlots and other, and other areas. And... The, you know, Tanner by Transport do do trips already. I mean, it's slow, but they obviously it's obviously worth their while. Otherwise, they wouldn't wouldn't do it. And so there's actually interest there. So once that's sealed as well, you've then got a lot of that pastoral country that's not really utilised in Western Australia. So there's a huge opportunity for development of that country again and reinstating it as pastoral country because at the moment there are mines, some mines on them but they and they run some cattle but their operations aren't genuine cattle operations. And there's a, there's a whole heap of opportunity then for for other people to come in and do the cattle side of the operation on that land, which uh, because they'll be having a bitumen road right at their front gate. And it's interesting that you mentioned that about mining because I think that where the, uh, the Outback Highway is really hits, if you have a look at the three economic boomers for Australia as a nation, is mining, tourism and ag. 
it hits all three. Like we've got booming Mount Isa north of here. It's, it's coming down. We've got exploration happening in the Shire. It's in the Territory there now out in the Toko Ranges. You've got WA, you know, mining, massive mining industries. And, you know, that creates jobs. And as that road, as more people travel that road, whether it's mining, ag or tourism, it then grows booyah. Um, we need roadhouses, we need mechanics, we need service personnel yeah. for all those vehicles and all those industries coming about. It creates and feeds itself into a positive. Yeah, that's right. And, and, and layer upon layer just gets start being developed, which is actually genuine yeah. economic development. And, and what's unique about, you know, it, this is a, a, you know, a new road that's being sealed. It's not an existing road that's just being widened or improved. It's actually a new sealed road. So we're actually going to have this a catapult of change occurring and, and new economic activity, new businesses actually starting. And that, well, given and, uh, our circumstances for early 2020, which, ha- you know, have actually has shut the, the economy down, you know, there's a real opportunity here for Australia to benefit from this brand new infrastructure if we can fast-track some ceiling and actually get this road underway in a, in a, you know, sooner rather than later. I mean, we're currently for... We're currently sealing 100 and 150 kilometres a year and in a two years' time we'll only have 900 k's to seal. So we're, we're underway. But if we can fast-track that and make this happen sooner, given the need for Australia to really start rebuilding its economy, a new infrastructure will actually do that and create new jobs and new opportunities. So it's, a, it's a very, um, very timely, I think, that we're, that we're developing this. And when you think of when you talk about economic, like where I always, until I got on the council, you know, you just don't look at economics or building a road where, you know, a gravel road compared to a seal road, the maintenance of a, of a sealed road is, you know, they say, oh, it's the same cost, but not, it's not because where we've gone and built the six metre seal roads, um, we've got no, we don't have to do any shoulder works, RMPC. So even widening those four metre stretches out, and we have to resheet gravel roads every seven, you know, five to seven years. Well, that's a that's a minute um, resource. It's not going to be there forever. We've got to find new areas to cart that gravel to keep that road up in it so it doesn't go in the bulldust. So a sealed is a long-term ambition. And, and economically, it's easier and cheaper to maintain in the long term. And that way then it creates just, yeah, it creates jobs. We have visitors. We have all those. And so we can actually tell our stories and show off what we have. Yeah, I suppose it. with the virus, people have been in their backyard. Well, you know, Australia's got a massive big yard just waiting for people <laughs> to be adventurous and come and have a look at it. Yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, get packed up and, uh, yeah, get out there. Get out and have a look. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And, I mean, now, you know, in Queensland itself is uh, one can move around themselves but um, and hopefully by the 10th of July we'll be able to go interstate, which would be great. <laughs> But, yeah, it's it's certainly going to be a great time for tourism in Australia as everyone starts to venture out and just looks in our own backyard and and has a good look around. So, yeah, that's great. It intrigues me. Like when I do around, you know, you've got rainforest up to the north, you've got desert, you've got channel country, you've got Gulf land, savannah areas and, you know. snow. I think (laughs) Queensland's got a little bit of everything. Whatever you can want to go and see the world, Queensland has got a little bit of everything. So if you want, if you don't go overseas, come and visit. Learn your characters of what made people, what made Australia it is today. It's those characters in those little bush towns, um, the little bar fly on the corner. Get to say good day and pull up and have a yarn because they'll tell you what you can't see off the side of the road. 
Yeah, absolutely. Now, thanks, Rick, very much. And thanks for your time. And it's been great having a chat. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll look forward to uh, staying in touch and, and getting an update in a few months or okay. years or whatever. Thanks, Rick. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to the Outback Way podcast. The show notes will be on our website at outbackway.org.au. If you are enjoying our podcast, please leave us a review. And if you're really enjoying our podcast, you may like to become a contributor through our Outback Way store for $5. You can help with the production of our podcast. Please stay in touch. We'd really love to hear your stories. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Outback Way One. And finally, thanks to Perk Digital for producing our podcast, making your journey through the heart of Australia on Australia's longest shortcut easier. Please travel safely. The Outback Way podcast is all about your trip. We're really trying to make it easier for you and give you valuable information to make it more enjoyable. So we'd love your feedback. Send your questions, comments and travel stories to info at outbackway.org.au. And if you share your story, we may even feature you on this podcast. Thank you for joining us through the heart of Australia on Australia's Longest Shortcut. Cheers for now.